0: Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to Monty and Mickey, the nerd podcast about all things geeky and fanboy and fangirl, all those all those fun topics that we like to talk about. Pop culture. Pop culture. The, the best of the pop culture. The poppiest of cultures. <laughs> um, so for any of you that don't live under a rock, uh, this time of year, as we talked about with Halloween, is kind of Kind of a fun time of year. Uh, as we were recording this podcast, it's the Monday before Thanksgiving, and a lot of people. I think Mickey, correct me if I'm wrong in this, but it seems like there's been a trend towards kind of inching Christmas earlier and earlier in the year. Would all you Would the you time. agree? Yeah. I, I think a lot of social media and other things that I've seen that people have been putting up their Christmas trees early, Christmas decorations, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, what we're talking about today no surprise, is Christmas movies.
1: There's not a lot of Thanksgiving-themed things going on, you know. So right. other than Black Friday and Cyber Monday and, you know, risking your life to go shopping and eating turkey and watching football and napping because you've overeaten, that's what Thanksgiving is. There's not a lot of, movie-wise. Right. Or, or hunting.
0: Well, it, yeah, exactly. And, and I love Thanksgiving, don't get me wrong, but Mickey's exactly right. In terms of pop culture, in terms of movies, even songs are really – you got slim pickings for what you can choose from. And and so we want to recognize Thanksgiving because I think that it's kind of getting a little out of hand. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I feel like I like to have my holidays and Thanksgiving is in November and Christmas is in December. Christmas doesn't
1: need to be three months long. Right. right. (laughs) You don't have to
0: see the Halloween stuff next to the Christmas stuff. Exactly. (laughs) But – That all being said, what I realized, and one of my, my wife even made a comment about this as I was preparing for this podcast, she's like, wow, we're watching Christmas movies really early this year. And I'm like, well, see, the thing is, is if you want to, and I, and I, this makes it, when I say this phrase, it makes it sound like we're doing something really
1: special and uh, really fancy, but when it comes down to, we're just sitting on our butts watching lots of movies,
0: right? Exactly. (laughs) But when you want to produce content or you want to do something that's holiday related, um, and I don't want to see Mickey trying to kick his head over or his foot over his head, but no, the, the rocket, the Rockettes, they're not starting their practice the day after Thanksgiving. No. I'm not comparing ourselves to the Rockettes, not
1: especially me, no.
0: but what I'm saying is we have a ton of Christmas content that we want to get through, through this whole holiday season. And for us to do that, we actually had to start before Thanksgiving so that we could get not one not two
1: but three ha huh, ha uh, uh. oh i thought you were going lebron james oh not one championship not two championships not three shut up <laughs> yeah and and so the gonna, count was a better way to go the the count i, I could have
0: went a couple different ways with that let me know what you would have went with uh, friends and family out in the audience
1: but we're going to be trying to get three Christmas episodes in and we're cutting out a ton of stuff. And that's there because so much plus Star Wars comes out right around Christmas. So we need to get those episodes in. So that's why we're doing it this way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start out with uh, the first Christmas episode that we're going to be we're talking about is what we would consider Christmas comedies. You know, some lighthearted, funny, family friendly movies, which surprisingly, and we'll talk about a couple of these. There certain themes i'm like wow they really they put that in that christmas movie but okay yeah. i guess that works and that's
1: why i love these are my favorite christmas movies
0: um but uh we're going to be talking about today uh uh christmas story national lampoon's christmas vacation elf and home alone so we're going to be talking about four really what we would consider classic christmas comedy movies um and like I said before, there's a ton that we we could be talking about, even more. We had to we had to cut things out, but even like the Grinch with Jim Carrey, Bad Santa, uh, Four Christmases, all of these are great Christmas movies, and maybe we'll be doing a podcast in them about them in the future. But for right now, we had to we had to narrow, narrow it down and really focus our attention on what we thought were really embodying the best of the comedy uh, Christmas movies. Uh, but before we go any further. Uh, I uh, just wanted to talk through some of the, in the news and, and as we talked about before, so much coming out every week, every day, it seems like there's new news and things. Um, Mickey, I guess, I know we got some corrections that we want to talk about at the end. Did you, did you see anything noteworthy? I know the Mandalorian is
1: yeah, lighting it, up like crazy oh right yeah. now. I mean, even my other buddies who have listened to the podcast have talked about how much they love that and how they're going to try and get uh, Disney plus. And I told them if you're a Verizon member, so the word is spreading like wildfire. Right. But as far as anything else, you kind of got a hold on it so go
0: ahead. Yeah, but I guess this, we we're talking about The Mandalorian and I was just going to say that um I guess this isn't really spoilers. I guess if you don't like pause it or just fast forward, but baby Yoda has pretty much taken over the internet. Oh. His character, I mean, and it's funny because they wanted to keep him a secret, right? So, just like any good, you know, movie, TV show, they wanted to keep this character a secret. Nobody knew about him. So there's no, right now, there is no, or a couple, as of a couple of days ago, there's no Baby Yoda merchandise, right? You yeah. think, wait a second, yeah. Christmas is coming up. Well, since then, Disney's like, oh, but wait, Already? we've got stuff. We didn't want the spoilers to come out. We didn't want anybody to know about it. Sure. So no toys, nothing was made. So, the first thing that I've seen popping up that's official, I mean, because there's fan-made stuff all right. People are already, like, 3D rendering their own Baby Yoda pops and all this kind of stuff. And artwork and me- memes out the butthole. Holy cow. Like,
1: no one's ever thought about the fact that Yoda must have been a youngster at some point. Yeah. A 50-year-old youngster. 50-year-old, yeah. So,
0: that all being said, from things that I've been hearing going back and forth, and people are just obsessed over this kind of stuff, they will be having... Baby Yoda merchandise in time for Christmas. So if you wanted to stock your stuffings with some Baby Yoda. Stock your stuffings?
1: Or stuff your stockings. Stuck your st- stock your stuff. Yes. Woo! Yeah. Stock your own stuffing, pal. <laughs> stuff your stocking.
0: Oh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, if you want to stuff your stockings. I'm going to just stop saying the word because it just loses its meaning after a while. I like the way you
1: said it first. Woo!
0: Uh, there will be some Baby Yoda merch now. I guess uh, the first thing I saw, which is the easiest thing to make, is t-shirts. They they got t-shirts up that is officially Star Wars licensed, you oh, know, yeah. on on Amazon and that kind of thing. So be be looking out for that. Um, something also Star Wars related. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh
1: yeah, I saw that.
0: Set to appear in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. So the new movie we're going to be reviewing at the end of December here uh Lin Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame or Moana, he wrote Moana as well. He's going to be I guess starring in or playing a role in that, that kind so kind of kind of look for that. Um let's see what else more just more Mandalorian stuff. I mean just tons of tons of stuff. It's going nuts. Um let's see what else what else what else. Ah oh, man, they released a second trailer or maybe third, I don't know. Of that, uh, FX, a Christmas Carol. I don't know. We probably haven't talked about this actually. Um, oh, no, I don't
1: know. So you mentioned it, but we haven't talked about it.
0: So FX is going to be, uh, doing, I believe it's just a movie, but they're, a Christmas Carol's been done a lot. And, uh, spoiler alert, we might be doing a podcast on it later. Uh, but there's no might. We'll we, I'm sorry, we will be. Yeah. Um, they are kind of doing a, a a new old take on it, so they're not doing like like Scrooge was a brand new in you know our modern day. This is still a period piece, but they're really getting it darker. Like it's it's kind of it looks like and and we've talked about dark stuff, Joker and some other yeah. things that the, the other comic books have taken a a, a a crack at and kind of like doing it a little bit of a different way with a darker tint to it. The this, dark side. The, this looks like. A very, like, raw, like, they're, they're, they're going to be, you know, it's not just going to be, oh, it's
1: Ghost of Christmas. It's a present. unique like, version, at which, I, like, we were talking about, I'm surprised this kind of angle hasn't been done before as much as people are into the dark, centered, serial killer type of yeah. theme. You know, I'm surprised this hasn't happened. So I'm looking forward to this because I'm dark and twisted. And and what the thing is, is I couldn't believe it, and, and maybe
0: there's, like, maybe there's certain rules about when movies are, are uh aired but at the end of this last one that uh somebody actually drops an f-bomb so i guess that's yeah.
1: what we might be the level of you know intensity that they're going F- to ramp on fx so they have a little more freedom as far as that because they are right. like shows like american horror story and that kind of stuff so. yeah
0: and and i forget oh i don't want to start that um but i i forget what uh what date? I think it's the 19th, I think. Is that Friday? That Friday before Sounds, Christmas? I
1: think that's what you
0: told me. Yeah, the 19th, I think, is when they're going to be first airing it. No, I'm sorry, the 20th. The Friday is the 20th. So they're going to be airing it. Maybe it is the 19th. Either that Star Thursday or Wars Friday. comes
1: on, one of the, on, set, on the 20th. Yeah,
0: maybe it, maybe it is on Thursday. Maybe I had my dates wrong. But anyways, they're going to be re, um, showing it again. Uh, the week of Christmas. So if you've got cable, if you've got access to FX, I think it's definitely going to be something worth worth looking at. Um, I I think it's going to just be like a made for TV movie type of deal. Um, I, originally I thought it was a series, but they're they're a three part series, but they're not doing that. Um, and then uh, the last I guess in the news type of thing that uh, I saw is they just going keep going back and forth. And I think the internet kind of is a blessing and a curse sometimes, but they're going back and forth. <laughs> Joker's gonna have a sequel, okay. Well, it's not confirmed yet, but they're talking about a sequel, and I, I don't really know where it stands at that. We would love to see it, you yeah. know, it'd be great. But I'm not gonna hold my breath at this point. Uh, DC's got a lot of really interesting movies coming in the pipeline, and so we'll we'll see kind of what what that you know, entails and they were you know,
1: pretty adamant about saying that it was it was a standalone, right?
0: And that was the I think that was the big shock for most people is that they were even talking about it because it was pretty definitive, like we're not going to do that. But what I did hear as part of that whole story that, that broke or whatever was that the same director wants to do more origin story type movies for more DC comics villains. So we could potentially see a riddler movie of his original cool, cuz
1: marvel didn't really focus on the villains as much as they did right the heroes and dealing with the villains you
0: could see a penguin maybe even a, i mean catwoman's been rebooted a couple times but sure. catwoman or you know all of two these face. you could, you could see yeah two face so we'll 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 see what happens with that but uh like i said i'm not holding my breath and they seem pretty adamant about not you know being up front that they weren't going to create a sequel but we'll, we'll see what happens
1: thursday december 9th at 7 30 eastern is when that's supposed to be december 19th or 19th,
0: sorry, 19th yeah. Yeah, okay yeah. so
1: yeah so it would be on that thursday
0: before So yeah. and that reason why i got confused is because we're going to be seeing it seeing the new star wars movie on the 20th but it technically comes out on the 19th i don't even know how they do movie releases anymore yeah exactly. Uh, it's like midnight on the 19th i don't know yeah so like Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. It starts Black, on Tuesday. Black Friday already started. I hope that you're in line right now. <laughs> otherwise, you're not gonna get that TV for five dollars <laughs> off. Seriously. Um don't get me wrong, I
1: do Black Friday shopping, just not as that extreme. But he's not right. crazy. Not not yet. I think he's crazy to go out there, but he's not one of the people that are gonna stab you or run you yeah. over with his Shopping
0: country. And and don't get me wrong, we could definitely do a whole podcast on just Black Friday and talk about that and the deals and how how it's affected and, and the commercialism in America. Some of the
1: stories I've heard, the
0: crazy yeah, stories, people getting hurt, all that kind of exactly. stuff. All right, so we are going to start out and get into the heart of our episode today with Home Alone. Uh, I believe it was released in November of 1992, uh, directed by Chris Columbus and. Uh, there's a couple of players in this movie that kind of if you grew up or you if you're a millennial or even a little bit older, you uh you kinda recognize some of these people that were involved in this movie because they made other movies. They were they were part of other movies in this this time frame. So Macaulay Culkin uh is a part of this movie, obviously. He's the star of the show. Uh when they created this movie, and I guess we'll just kind of jump into it. Um they were looking specifically for a child who was young enough that he still believed in Santa. So they wanted this movie to be very believable that this kid was that young. They, they were looking for that, that actor, that attitude. And I, I don't think anybody could think of a better actor well, to play this Especially to role. be a
1: smart aleck, like he was not Uncle Buck. Right. Just his delivery about, you know, real dry and sarcastic already at that age. And he's good at it. And I think in there's actually a little
0: bit of information that I heard that that, uh, and I have never seen Uncle Buck, but the, the oh. where he's he's actually um, being interviewed or he's interviewing the girl in the babysitter. That oh, yeah. scene, uh, I think it's Chris Columbus or whoever the director was, John Hughes. I think John Hughes was a well, John Hughes was a writer, and he he's was the done writer. a lot
1: of those movies. Yeah,
0: he actually thought of the idea for. Uh, Home Alone after watching that scene. And so they had to do their due diligence. They had to go and interview all these different child actors and everything else that went along with that. But it really
1: was written for Macaulay. Culkin. Oh, that, that scene right now just making me laugh. Just think John Candy, just giving one answer, one word answers right. to all the questions. Why and aren't you marrying well, to... Well, watch? that's a long story what it is. And he just keeps firing questions. It's hilarious. And John
0: Candy obviously in this movie as the polka king of what I forget what in this band. yeah, home oh, uh, oh, alone, yeah.
1: But he's the star at Uncle Buck, yeah. Right, right.
0: So, so besides those those two, you got Joe Joe Pesci uh as Harry, uh Daniel Stern as Marv.
1: Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh somebody.
0: John Hurd as P- Peter. Uh let's see, who's the mom? Catherine O'Hare. Yeah, she's a big star. She's she's big in this, obviously. And and you got all the brothers and sisters and everything else. Basically, uh, just to give a real brief synopsis, his family's junk to him, really mean to him. He wishes his family would disappear. Through a series of unfortunate events, he ends up being home alone and he has to defend his house against robbers. That's kind of the it in a nutshell.
1: Um, The the title kind of sums it up pretty well.
0: Yeah. Um, So... Before we get more into it, I guess if if is there anything at the very beginning of the movie or anything that you want to point out, um, Mickey, as far as just first impressions, you you open up on this house and and kind of what what, what you saw, or what what you noticed right Typical. away.
1: Typical, just everybody's going nuts and you right. know freaking out and doing their own thing and too much chaos and all that stuff and you know the kid being wanting some attention and not getting any of it. Right. But actually, because I saw it a long time ago, I haven't seen it much since. I forgot how funny it really is. I mean, right? The, the ingenuity of this kid when he has to start protecting his his domain when he's supposed to be a helpless kid. That's, I mean, holy crap! I couldn't have thought of some of this stuff, and this yeah. kid's helpless, but it's hilarious. You and know? You're,
0: you're just rooting for this kind of like underdog, and he's, but yeah, exactly. Like like Mickey said, he's he's smart. He's he's, yeah. he's you can't help but love this character because he's Figures smart, he's witty, he's got these funny one liners. <gasps> He's screaming every five minutes, you know. Down here, you big horse's ass. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. So you got the one-liners just coming out, and he's just he's just so creative. And I think that's a lot of who he was as a child actor, really. Oh, just I think so dry for a kid that age. There was only Hilarious. so much that you can do for a child actor in terms of directing, and he just took everything. Oh, he's around. got that
1: delivery like a smart aleck, just right up my alley. Um, something I noticed in the opening.
0: Um, and they, they, this was scored amazingly. There was there was so much that was uh went into the the composer was John Williams. So I oh, mean, yeah. great. You know, you you got a, a really good cast just coming right off the bat. But and I don't know. I'd like to know if uh if there's any similarities or if if he was a part of it. Maybe he was. Um, but. It, to me, it sounded like, oh, well, of course he does. He does all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, he's done the Star Wars movies. He's done a couple everything. Um, but to me, it had the feel of almost like, like a Tim Burton movie at first, just with the sound. For me, it was like Nightmare Before Christmas or like Batman Returns. Like it kind of had that flavor. This is something I noticed on the rewatch. Not like a typical
1: classical music score like you hear in the Star Wars movies, or right? Yeah, and More it was sinister a- and dark. And-
0: and it was original music as far as Christmas music. Like, they weren't using, like, when we get to Elf, they're playing classic Christmas yes. songs, you so, know? Yep. And so, just something that I I, I noticed.
1: Well, and um, since we're on that Star Wars scene with John Wayne, oh, okay. I, just speaking of the fact that he, you know, is so ingenuitive with the way he protects the house after having, can't even tie his shoe, as, as Buzz says. I mean, the fact that he, he puts a heating coil on the doorknob, The the grease all over the stairs. I mean, it's a fictional movie, but still, this kid reminds me more of Anakin. And the the special force powers he's got than a helpless kid. I mean, it was awesome. I wish I would have been that smart when I was that age.
0: And to be able to time it out and do everything the way he did it was just Oh, with the zip line to the
1: tree forge. Yeah, he had it thought out. I mean, just just genius stuff that he's yeah. coming up with i kind of want to go to the house and just fall on all that
0: you know? stuff <laughs> using using his resources too i mean he's not going out and buying like you know anything real crazy no, there's just, an iron this is
1: this stuff around an, his house an iron flying at your face when you're standing there yeah <laughs> oh my god
0: they did a, a, a somebody some medical professionals did some Study of this movie once, and they said, Yeah, you pretty much would have had a concussion. and Those you know, guys would have survived the first, half of it. Well, the first time you <laughs> got hit
1: like that, or whatever.
0: And then they got burnt feet and burnt faces. Their and, hairs
1: burnt off the top of their head.
0: Uh, but yeah, like you said, all the kids are just really mean to him. And I think obviously that's what they were trying to portray. But this really, I mean, I don't know. You, you feel bad for him, but at the same time, he's such a smart ass. Yeah. He's so mean to his mom. Well, why don't, can you we go do this? Why don't you get off the phone and make me?
1: Yes. It's like, who says that to their I, mom? I hate you. I don't want to ever be around you people again. Yeah. You're going to get your way, kid. Why don't, why don't you wish it again? Maybe it'll come true.
0: I don't want my family. It's like, <laughs> holy cow. Um, so one of the, the funniest lines, though, in that opening scene for me with every, all the craziness going on. And, you know, they, they've they got the, um, not Marv, the other guy, um, Harry, Harry. Is, is casing the place and all that. But uh, he he uh, he's gets he wants his cheese pizza, and Buzz is just railing him about it and being just a jerk. And uh, I don't know if he noticed this, but and I I never noticed it before. Um, oh, my voice is squeaking. Jeez, <laughs> yoda in um, puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, when uh, all that chaos happens in the kitchen and they spill everything, his dad actually throws away his boarding pass. So that's why they never thought twice about it, that they had an extra boy. pass. I never pass.
1: noticed that. Yeah, it, it kind of gets, uh, you know, thrown in the garbage with all the, the napkins and everything. And one of the, because the next morning you see one of the older kids counting all the heads. Well, one of the heads she counts was the neighbor kid nosing around in their stuff. Right. So she, And never even saw if it was Kevin or not, but... There, exactly. was, there was 13 or 12 kids or whatever it was supposed to be.
0: And I can only imagine that being that frantic by sleeping in. Oh, that kind in. of chaos, you yeah. You wouldn't even,
1: I mean. Even if they were on time, it would have been like that. But they just right. woke up when they needed to be there. Yeah, we've got to be to there. Our flight leaves in 45 minutes. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you
0: can't even get through parking in O'Hare I in minutes. I can't even minutes. imagine what
1: my sister and dad would be like. Yeah, I'd be, free. I'd be like, well, we're done. Yeah. Um, Four people would have a heart attack. We'd have a lot smaller
0: group, probably. <laughs> Right. You have to go to the hospital. Um, so, but one of the lines that he delivers so well is when I grow up and get married, I'm living alone.
1: It's like, <laughs> that's
0: perfect. I'm just like, this
1: kid gets it. He's, he, he's understanding, but he's so pissed that he's just like, these people just leave me alone. You know, like it's, a lot of my buddies have said, uh, in jest, cause they love their wives. They were joking when they said it, I promise. Yeah. So, um, Yeah,
0: like I said, the ticket gets thrown away, Um, and I got to ask the question right away because you're introduced to this character, you're introduced to this family, you see what they're doing, they're they're flying to Paris for Christmas. I got to ask, because I think a lot of people have asked, there's probably been internet conversations about it, what in the world does Kevin's mom and dad do that they can, one, afford that house, two, afford as many kids as they have, three go to paris with all said kids and during four, christmas
1: go during the busiest peak holiday time of the entire year so all the prices are gonna be more expensive paris is not a cheap city to begin with and who is crazy enough to want to travel to paris of all places during that time of the year i mean
0: it's it's insane i i and i know it's a movie obviously but these are the type of questions we ask like So is this guy, like, a stockbroker in Chicago? Won the lottery. Did he win the – did him and his wife both win the lottery? Does he have a rich uncle? But it's kind of interesting because he talks about it actually on the plane about how they would have never went to Paris when he was a kid because the only trips they were taking was in the station wagon. And I think that, like, that uncle that's the real jerk in the whole movie and so inconsiderate, he even says something along the lines of, like, I, I forget what he says, he says something along, basically hints towards when they were younger, they came from very modest, yeah. you know, upbringings. That's so. not the case anymore. obviously Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, you, so you're introduced to all this stuff and it, it just, it feels like a Christmas movie, but it's not like shoved down your throat. Like it, there's very, this first half of the movie has some very interesting things that kind of all fall into place. And, and don't get me wrong. It's a very, very much a series of unfortunate events that is kind of far fetched. But they have very good explanations for everything. I mean, if you think about it and you think about the the leading up, like they kind of covered their bases. The ticket gets thrown away, that nosy kid from next door gets counted in the headcount. Mm-hmm. They wake up late, their phones are off the line because they the, put him
1: up in the attic away from everybody else, so no one even remembers that he's sleeping up there by himself. He took they took a van to the airport instead of taking the cars. They're irritated with the
0: kid to begin with. Right. So there's there's all this leading into this that. Makes it at least probable, you know. There are certain movies that you're like, "Wow, that was really a stretch." This is still a stretch, but it's, it it, it works. It, it, and it can happen. Um, so one of the other things that kind of explains why, and I, I saw a meme going around that, you know, well, Kevin could have just called the cops, and he didn't. And he wanted to, you know, basically mess with these kids. And it's a, it's a prequel to Saw. He becomes Jigsaw. It's like, okay, well, first of all. Maybe well, you're thinking a little far into it. Yeah. Well, and, that's and, coming from us. And, and, and coming from 1992, you know, how many years ago. I guess people are going to start, you know, keep thinking about it. One, the phone lines were down. Uh, they that's eventually true. got the phone lines up. I don't know when they got it down. But up.
1: they did mention that, yeah.
0: He accidentally steals this, the, the toothbrush, not realizing that, you know, He's, he's doing it at the time, so he's afraid that the cops are going to... That's true. For know. a
1: kid, that's a huge crime, as far as he knows. And up
0: until the very end of the movie, he believes that his family got... He wished his family away. What do you think that the cop's going to ask the first time he picks up the phone? Well, where's your family, kid? Well, I wished them away. Right. I have a special power I didn't know I had. So he's probably at that age thinking, I'm going to get... I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to haul me off to jail before they help me
1: out and keep, you know, keep and me I got to learn how to survive in the wild. Cause I've done this to myself. Right. He's, he's got to be the man of the house as he says. <laughs>
0: um. So I think uh, it, like I said, I'm going to be touching on some of the like little anecdotes and other like fun facts about the movies. But um, one, one thing that I thought was really interesting that I've heard a, a couple different places was the movie that he watches. So he watches a VHS, which by the way, I love that the, marvin harry at the beginning they're like there's all this really good stuff in this house a vhs player and I'm yeah. like, well so that dated the movie a little i've got one for you you can have it <laughs> um but angels with filthy souls it's not a real movie it was yeah. made specifically for this movie but it
1: looks just like one of the movies from that time right. right it looks
0: like uh it, you know it's a wonderful life in which it, they do play it's a wonderful life in the hotel in french yeah um it, it, but it's so cool that they they had they made this little, you know, vignette movie to, to kind of have, which I think they even made, like, a sequel or, like, played it again in the second movie. I know there was a scene where he's in the Just hotel. a reference to it, probably. Yeah, where he plays the movie again. I, and you. I
1: love how he uses those recordings to scare away the marauders and thieves yes. and people coming up. Keep the change, you filthy animal. And then even with the gunshots. Right. With I think it was a pizza delivery guy. Yeah, he puts the yeah. firecrackers in the pot. That's genius. Right. I, I got a sick twisted mind, and I went to thought of that. That's and that's freaking genius. I I needless to say, would love to hang
0: out with 1992 Kevin yeah. Michael Maybe not today, but back then. I think oh, he's had some fun. issues
1: since then. I think.
0: Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's interesting. The only thing that I would say that was kind of a little far-fetched, was the way that the cops handled the whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, like line for line, this is what the cop says after he knocks on the door and doesn't get a response. Uh, there's nobody here. Tell them to count their kids again.
1: Are you serious? You know, the thing is, though, I, I don't know if it's that far-fetched. And actually, I was watching, I think, a show called um, Adam Ruins Everything. Mm-hmm. Technically, by law, police don't have to answer those kinds of calls if they don't it's it's not they're not required by law to if someone calls and said there's an emergency they don't technically have to show up I've learned oh isn't that crazy yeah To protect and serve is their slogan but if they choose like for legal reasons or god knows what else they come up with they don't have to show up it's not required by law
0: so that means if somebody breaks into your house you better have your ornaments and hot wheels cars and, and be packing heat like and everybody pay, else yeah. is these days and, and and maybe think about you know protecting yourself with the best keep means possible keep it in the safe you know where you gotta go hey just before you break in and shoot at me i gotta go to the safe for it. <laughs> i saw some funny thing where it was like a husband and wife and he's like his wife goes why do you carry a gun around the house like what do you you know it's every you know and he's like he kind of looks and he kind of joke, he's jokingly looks at her, but really serious goes Decepticons and he laughs, <laughs> she laughs, the toaster laughs, and then he shoots the toaster. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> again, very, you know, but, but yeah, but it's a good point, I guess, In, in you know, the, the, the cops are, not I guess, obligated to do that, but I guess, I don't know. And,
1: and maybe I'm just a different type of person. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to try to, you know, help this family out. I don't think it's all that far fetched, honestly, which is probably a, sad state of affairs but I I mean you would think you'd look in the windows and at least try to find something out but it looked like it was a you know the house was abandoned or you know not abandoned but deserted so maybe he just went oh they're full of crap or right you know I think people disregard things a lot quicker than they should probably but and it's a cop I mean I get it
0: it was also uh, back in the time before cell phones so the communication gap was a little bit big even though they had the you know pay phones and whatever yeah it uh, it definitely it took a while for them to relay any information especially from paris back to chicago oh, sure. area yeah
1: exactly um,
0: so uh, that that really was the big some of the main big points that i had as far as home alone i know there's a ton of little little intricacies that come with this movie. and fun fun facts about, you know, Kevin, I guess, or not Kevin, but uh, Macaulay. Macaulay Culkin. Uh, they actually, when he went into his Buzz's uh, chest of stuff, number one, the Playboy, the director actually took the time to tape together the nudie pictures so that <laughs> little Macaulay Culkin didn't see actual nude photos. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and the picture that was, that was Buzz's girlfriend where he goes, Buzz's girlfriend, woof. That was actually a little boy or a, a <laughs> kid, a, 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 a boy, whatever. A because I mean, boy. how do you make fun of a real live young girl who was yeah. having weight issues? Like that would be horrible oh, to do yeah. something. Well, like. so, so if it's like a little boy, it's like, okay, throw a wig on him and we can make fun of them and yeah.
1: it's fine. You know, yeah. Boys don't matter um, that much. and then what was the other thing? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, under the last point. I do like that when he's breaking in, it's Buzz's because Buzz gave him the most crap as an right. older brother. So when he breaks into his room, trashes it, has a tarantula, which secretly helped him on later on, which is nice. But right. it's his money that he's, you know, spending on groceries and all this other stuff. I thought that was really fitting. And uh, just to bring
0: it full circle, he goes and gets his, his brother's gun, too, so to protect yeah. himself with yeah. his air rifle. I don't know if it's unconfirmed if that was a Daisy Red rider, but we're going to be talking that in a little nice. bit as well. Uh, but one of the other things that was funny, cause like I said, they were trying to get a young kid this was a believable situation that he was just old enough, you know, but still young and really couldn't take care of himself. He actually walked around the set and had a swear jar to try to curb other actors, older actors swearing around him. Really? That they didn't want that. Like they were still trying to, you know, make him not be, you know corrupted I guess or whatever
1: still be a genuine kid
0: and one of the last pieces of interest which Macaulay Culkin could do a whole episode on him but one of the last like interesting pieces of information is uh his his dad not the greatest guy from what I heard I I mean I don't know him personally clearly but from what I've heard secondhand stories and whatnot he was kind of kind of not the best and kind of was forcing his you know you know dreams and stuff upon his kids because they had I think they had six kids or five kids or something he actually held it was either for this movie, it had to have been for this movie. He held the studio hostage until they agreed to have his younger brother in the movie. So the young kid who wets the bed, that's actually Macaulay Culkin's biological younger brother.
1: Oh yeah, I've heard Macaulay Culkin could be a little bit of a prima donna. As, yeah as the years. But his on. that
0: was his dad though that oh. that did that. So well, I'm sure he's kind of, yeah. And yeah. it's just kind of an interesting little little tidbit. Um And like I said, we might be doing something on him more in depth, but uh, I guess there was an interview with um, Ellen DeGeneres when he was older and Ellen DeGeneres asked him, you know, kind of like during the interview, just so when you were growing up, when you, when you were going to school and whatnot, like did the other kids, the other teachers, they treat you differently. And he just looks at her with these like cold dead eyes and like matter of factly, just like not even like thinking anything of it. Well, of course, Ellen, everybody treated me differently. It's like, you don't realize that how crazy to stardom this kid, like he dated like Mila Kunis at one point, yeah. And she said, I've dated celebrities. I'm a celebrity. Like these people walk up to him and start screaming. Like that's how much, I mean, we
1: kind of removed from that yeah. now at this point, but like he was huge. I he mean- was a big deal. And it's going to be hard to control your ego, especially at that age. When well, if that's everybody's all you know. telling you how great you are, you pretty much your whole life.
0: So then he ends up retiring at the ripe old age of like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, he just has been living on his money
1: for Poor the last guy. how many years? How, yeah. how rough would that be? I guess he's got a podcast or something. But yeah. But speaking of parenting, the only the only thing that really stuck out to me as far as you know, the only thing that made me kind of a little sad about that movie more than because the rest of it's very humorous, is just thinking about the mom's point of view, Catherine O'Hara, just how mortified you'd be that you left your kid, you know, back home and the kid supposedly helpless, even if he's not just, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, you'd want to die. At that point.
0: Right. I mean, there's just you 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 can't you can't imagine as a parent, you know, being in that situation and it, it kind of reflects, you know, I, I might have mentioned this already, but it kind of reflects the whole, dichotomy of being a parent you know you're like really annoyed with your kid and they're talking back and then it's but it's like at the end of the day you you die for them you know yeah um so yeah i think i think that pretty much wraps up i guess what we're talking about for christmas story anything else that you can think of i think we covered or not a christmas story home alone yeah um now we're gonna do a christmas now we're gonna do a christmas story so Christmas story great movie iconic movie we've we've watched it you know you've watched it 24 hours of Christmas story on TBS. all these things that just really make it you know it, it's relatable it's it's kind of like
1: a series of just funny things that all happen it's just like a, strange things yeah like 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 you say the leg lamp which is a big part of the movie yeah and how he wins that as an award what kind of a Place does he work at? How is that gonna work? For from a a crossword puzzle, like who's giving out prizes for crossword puzzles? And I mean, and yeah, and that's what the (laughs) prize is, and it comes in a box big enough to store bodies in, and then all you see is, and as a result, though, it's become like an iconic
0: American standard, you know. And, And and you got an alien that comes down from Mars and it's like, oh, I know about Christmas. Excuse me, sir, why do you have a fishnet stocking lake lamps? And he, well, of course, we do that every Christmas. It's, like, tradition. it's tradition.
1: It's and, tradition. What and are you talking Ralphie about? Ralphie, or the narrator, even calls it electric sex gleaming in the window. Right. <laughs> and he's he's got a lot of really good one-liners. Oh, in man. His, like the, the lobster. What is it? The lobster. They looked at me as if I had lobsters crawling out my ears <laughs> and, when he first asked for it. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, that line is just so crazy it's hilarious
0: and of course what we're talking about the thing that he asked for um in and, and, and really i mean like i said this movie is so great as as far as really being the cornerstone of christmas but what's more american than christmas first of all and then cowboys and a lever action rifle and firearm ownership and yeah, everything goes. that goes with yeah. with being an american right and um i i want to get this right so let to take a second and compose myself because i really want to do this justice because this is a character, really. I mean, as much as New York City is a character in Ghostbusters and the mom, the dad, the brother, the bullies, this Red Rider BB gun is a character. So The producer says that's what this movie's about. It, it revolves around this one big Christmas gift that, you know, everybody can relate to that. There's always been something, you know, even as a kid, it's like, I wanted this for Christmas. You know, it, it, the weenie whistle and a Santa Claus or, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff is all, you know, very relatable. But all right. So, what do you, what the, this, this line or these series of lines have been, uh, they said, they said like 17 times throughout the movie, but an official Red Rider carbon action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. So, he's got that down pat. He's just oh, like, what do you want from this? He's justice?
1: staring back at Santa as he's falling down, the, about to fall down the slide and just like matter of fact stone faced. And then they, and then you'll, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Pushes him down with the shoe right. and just, I, I mean it, that line he nailed it he
0: does and he, and he's so confident about it he describes it so anybody who would would not know what this is is like okay that pretty much sums up exactly what it is there's no mistake of which model air rifle you want ralphie especially um, with the
1: thing that tells time i mean <laughs> perfect the thing, description
0: the thing that tells time you know otherwise known as a sundial yeah. which i don't know who's got their gun stock sitting there trying to catch the sun at a right angle but um this yeah, I wrote down in my notes, it's actually 30 times, not not 15 or 17. 30 times that line or a version of that line was uttered throughout the movie. Really? And, and you just, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, this this was a part of the movie. Um, But a fun fact, kind of like history of this, and I love the history of, of this kind of stuff, especially when it comes to movies and, you know, war and, and, and those types of historical history stuff. But the, uh, the producer, the writer, whoever, director, uh, actually went to Daisy and said, Hey, so I'm making this movie. I want you to make me this official Red Rider carbon action 200 shot model air rifle with a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. And Daisy, the, the owner of Daisy said, well, um, we, uh, we never actually made that like that. You're, you're confusing two things. There's a Roy Rogers version that's similar and that has the compass and the, the thing that tells time, but we don't have a Red Rider BB gun that does that. And they kind of talk for a little bit and then they go, he, he leaves. And a couple weeks later, he gets a call from his, uh, the, 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 owner of Daisy gets a call from the, uh, producer or the director's assistant or whatever. And he says, yeah, so he, uh, he wants, he definitely wants that rifle for the movie. And, uh, I was wondering if you could make a couple models just to, you know, as props for the movie. And he goes, I, I already told him this thing doesn't exist. We never actually made this thing. And he looks he says, Well, that doesn't matter. It does he doesn't really care. You make we need it this. happen. So, this this model of rifle, this this character really, he this this gun is specific to this movie. It did not exist before this movie, so much so that they made it, like I said, specifically for this. And I don't know, I think they've made like special editions. Don't get me wrong. I we we as kids had the red rider BB gun, but this specific attributes of the the the, um, the
1: accessories the
0: accessories so to speak or the, the you know the compass and the the sundial that was never actually a thing that was that existed so um there's a story that goes there cuz there's a museum and there's a house that you can actually stay in uh that was the house the house that was used for the movie and the the museum across the street they actually bought this uh, or the the prop from somebody who through the years had it and it showed up they actually bought it for $10,000 and i think they got a replica of the the leg lamp and everything else in that museum, of course. But you think $10,000, yeah, that's a lot of money for a BB gun. But, I mean, there's, you know, uh, yeah, baseball, baseball cards. cards and collectibles and other things that are going
1: for just as much, if not more. If not you know, more. And, and I, especially movie props. See, now, now speaking of that particular one, which, like you said, the whole movie was based on, I mean, it's all about this gun. He speaks of it 30 times or somebody does. Yeah. I thought Peter Billingsley himself actually owned it at one point. He does have it. He, he has, has it or one of them. There must of, have been more one than of one of them. Yeah, and I think because
0: I don't know that – I don't even know if there is a live actual shooting gun because they they were very it's specific. Old, they were very – well, what I'm saying, even, even then it might have just been a prop that sure. didn't work for Never safety purposes. Worked, yeah. Um But, like, it was very, like, he was the only one who was allowed to handle this gun. And, like, his brother and some other cast members, like – Talking to the people, you know, on you know, on the set, and like, hey, can we just hold it? Cause it was so much, like, it was like this, like holy grail of Christmas items or whatever. And they're just like, he's the only one that got to hold it. So yeah, he he obviously got a version of it, and he said even, in, you know, there's there's interviews with him he says about, yeah, every once in a while take it out and shoot suit. it in the back, and so it must be a real working gun, BB gun still. He's kept
1: that and the bunny suit. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. he mentions that he's still got the bunny suit. Which again,
0: another aspect of this movie that you just is synonymous with Christmas, and you're like, how did that become but you look like you a know. pink nightmare? <laughs> Do you want to take that thing off? <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, like I said, that that museum and everything that they have in that, I would love to go there someday. It's crazy that this kind of movie, I mean, this is one big movie that but it's, it's kind of crazy that they have an an an, an entire, entire museum, museum you yeah. know. Um and, and I love the line as we talked. We talked about a little bit of the narrator and how he kind of nails some of this stuff. But he, he goes, "Only one thing could drag me away from the soft glow of electric sex in the window." The
1: electric sex gleaming in the window. And
0: that, and that, of course, was the Little Orphan Annie show. And that was, oh, yeah. the only, you know, and and, and and it it this. This movie, they don't really specifically say when it happened, but it's supposed to take place basically like pre Pearl Harbor. Actually, there's no way to really tell, right? And I think it was on purpose.
1: I'm sure it was left up to interpretation, but that's kind of cool, actually. And the
0: way that they filmed it, even they wanted that like old timey tint to the film and the how this because it was done in eighty three, right? Yeah, it came out in eighteen eighty three. So all their movies around this time, clearly, you know, they don't have that same feel as this movie does. But they they were intentional about that, and so. You see something that you know is kind of it's it's an interesting way you know they put some thought into and it's just a modern family. There's no TV. It's it's the radio and everything else. But I can just kind of comment about the little Orphan Annie stuff. I mean, hey. I think Ralphie would listen to our podcast. He's kind of a nerd. Yeah. Oh he's yeah. kind of you know, he gets his his, his little orphan annie every week. He has got his decoder pin that he sent in Ovaltine? Yeah. Oval yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty mad too if oh, yeah. that was the message yeah, I got. Especially now. if you've ever had this stuff, it's kind of disgusting. <laughs> you know, so it's a commercial? <laughs> I did all this. For That's how he says it, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much like I said, so many great, great scenes in this movie. I love I love the scene where he beats the crap out of that. Oh,
1: that's my—I was gonna say that's my favorite
0: scene. It, it, it's kind of—I mean, it, it just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so like you—you've seen that before in movies where the kid gets picked on or whatever.
1: And he looks like he's gonna cry, and I mean, that kid is a good actor because that's right. legitimate tears in his face. And then just as he's dis- the narration describes it in the background, you can just see the fires start to come <laughs> up, and then he just tackles him and starts beating the crap out of him. It sounds like he's having a stroke. With all the gibberish coming out of his mouth? <laughs> well, and I love that they don't actually swear. No, this but you can but tell they, that's what's going on. They're using
0: gibberish as swear words. The yeah. old fudge. Like, you,
1: yeah. oh, know what,
0: fudge. you really know what he's trying to Only say. Only I
1: didn't say fudge.
0: Yeah. and uh, But I love it because it's like, even though his brother and him, like, hate each other, which, you know, hate each other, not hate each other, but they, they fight a lot. And out. and me and my brother, I know, we're fighting at that age as well. But I love that his brother... Like, has this foresight to pick up 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 his glasses and go get his – It's like, my brother's going to smash these. You know, I want to – you know, I'm going to help him out. So, he goes gets his mom. And, like, that that whole scene, like I said, with his mom, like, basically brushing it under the rug for his dad. I don't know any of you who lived in, like, that kind of household. It's like, you know, had that feeling. It's like, I did something bad today. Dad's coming home in a couple hours and and it's going to – Oh, it's gonna it's
1: gonna I'm I'm done. Oh, and I think my like my mom was a disciplinarian, my dad okay. was kind of a blowhard, but I always knew I was gonna get yelled at. Right. But my mom is one who spanked me, put soap in my mouth, you know, use the wooden spoon things, on my yeah. butt. Yeah, and and yet she was the one who Okay, this is how we're gonna tell your dad. Or now we're gonna problem solve, and you know, just right. you know, that's that's what moms do. That's right. a good mom right there. And, and don't get me wrong; like, there's nothing
0: like like I don't want anybody to think that I had a bad childhood because I had a very good childhood. But oh, yeah, I too. think that there, that means a lot, and it says a lot about who I am today. That's like I respected my parents. That I was scared if I did well, something course, wrong. Yeah. You know, there wasn't there wasn't like a, oh, I was just gonna get away with anything. And you see that dynamic very that ebb and flow really works well in this movie of this like
1: American family and like again things that you can relate to. They all love each other, but yeah when a kid you know screws up, even dad just goes, shut up, Ralphie. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? You just come you could say it back then. Right. You could discipline your kids without everybody thinking you're an <laughs> abusive parent. Right. Um yeah, so that I, I love that. Um you know I love his daydreams yeah those are as good uh, a part of the movie as anything the, to, so that
0: I, I think um, i might you might have seen some of those like extras at the end but he, he, apparently there was a scene that was never put in the movie where he actually daydreams about fighting flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah
1: exactly that that
0: he there was a scene where he's got the red rider bb gun and he's fighting off aliens or whatever he's doing with flash Gordon. so they they even had more content that they cut out um also i love the references that kind of kind of date it but kind of don't but like there's mickey mouse It shows up one time oh, like, yeah. even back then mickey was dominating yeah you know? <laughs> and uh wizard of oz and all the characters and all, all that and that kid in the line i mean they, like i said
1: there's just so much about this
0: movie that that kid that's in the
1: line it. wasn't an actor it oh. was a local kid as as weird as he was and as but he was really good at playing the creepy kid who yeah. just I love this. I love this. I love yeah. it. And Ralphie we, just kind of staring forward. Don't great. talk to me. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> He's really thinking about it. Can you please stop movie. knowing me now? Just go away, creepy guy. Right? Yeah, they probably. Uh, the oh, kid this, wasn't this an perfect for was an actor. He was
0: really good at it. Let's, let's grab him. Um, but yeah, I mean like I said, just overall great movie it's something that really you know it, it again it it feels like Christmas when you watch it, which is weird because like I said we we're watching these movies so early but it just it really does feel like Christmas I think that it's it there's so many like I said the way that this movie flows you can watch it for 24 hours as far as picking it up in certain spots and you know the movie so you can pick it up you watch 20 minutes here you go Change do something with your yep. family you come back and oh well mom and dad aren't awake yet so let's throw on a christmas story until they wake up because in my family you couldn't open up any gifts until mom and dad well actually until my dad got his first cup of coffee that was the rule in my house so you know that that you're able to but I what, guess what i'm getting at is you can pick it up you know because it really is like the Saturday, night, a string of Saturday Night Live skits, so you yeah. can pick it up and there's there's something to laugh at. There's something to enjoy. I think
1: that's the idea behind playing it 24 hours. You can right. watch the first half an hour of this time, and then when you switch to a commercial or you get back to the TV, you can watch right. the second part of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, last thing that I want to talk about for the Christmas
0: story that I heard, I don't know how true this part was, and I, I thought I might have been verified, but the scene where the kid gets his tongue stuck to the fire pole or the mm-hmm. flagpole, right? So they didn't actually do that. That's not real. They actually put Simulate. a little hole in that uh, pipe, in that pole, and they actually put a, like a suction at the top. So it looks real because his tongue is really suction to it, but it's not... He didn't really get hurt, or kid's loose. name is Flick. By the way, Flick. Nice yeah. nickname, Flick. Flick, Flick who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. So, like I said, just one line. we could be talking about this forever. Different things. It's, it's so much funny stuff that happens that just obscure, weird, you know?
1: strange stuff too.
0: Right. That it, like like when you sit and think about it, you're like, wow, that's that's really strange. Out Why of context. would that even? That be, doesn't make who any came sense up with of, that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But apparently, the writer for Porky's came up with it. Well, that would make sense. The only thing I want to mention is that first of all, his his I over the years I became kind of a soap connoisseur and the way he talks about it so right. dramatically and, and eloquently. So like the different brands have and then, a different and, and then after stuff. all that he gets to go back to his bed and his mom tries and she goes, Oh yeah, like I can't believe I've been feeding my kid this. That was another good
0: dream sequence where he comes back to his family.
1: What did we do? <laughs> it's
0: it's soap so poisoning. No, no. That was hilarious. I'll make it somehow. It's like, <laughs> but that's the way kids are. They're it's, so dramatic. Oh um, yeah, like, it's the, the biggest
1: thing that's ever happened. We
0: we think. I mean, I know. I definitely had those kind of crazy thoughts in my head when I, you know,
1: exactly. But, but uh, the but last, yeah. the last thing I want to mention is I read this headline. Jack Nicholson was actually almost cast as the dad. Oh, that would have been I had fun. never heard that. Yeah. yeah that would have that made the movie, I think, a lot different. Because yeah. this guy was great. I can't envision anybody else. No. The old after. man I mean, with the, yeah. But uh, just imagine what that would be like with Jack Nick. I mean, right. it would have been a, just a different kind of movie, yes. I think, all together yeah. with his
0: presence. definitely. It, it, I think him or even like when Bill Murray was too young, I think, at that point. But a Bill Murray would have been a cool oh, choice yeah. for just that. Oh, yeah, just because you know. of the humor. But I don't know. I don't really think of Bill Murray as like the family guy so that would have been a little and it might you have
1: know. been too, there's too much him then you know right because the dad was the perfect amount of yes just being dad but yes. not overpowering the scenes right or whatever. ralphie was the birthday you
0: know he was the supporting role definitely yeah um but yeah so that that's a christmas story love that movie like i said the, the obviously made our made our top list and something that i could i could watch a couple times a year um Let's move on to Elf. Okay. So, 2003. We'll, we'll find. It, we'll finish it with a, a Christmas or a Christmas vacation. But Elf, 2003. Uh c- 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 crossover. Ralphie makes an appearance in this one as well. Peter Billingsley is one of the elves in Elf. Oh, that's he, right. He is one of the. I knew Santa's I recognized his elf.
1: face, especially because I right. just saw a Christmas story.
0: Yeah, so he he's in this. It's kind of a cool little, you know, he he's doing Christmas movies or whatever. But obviously, this was years years later. Uh, 2003, Um, the whole, you know, fish out of water routine for the character of um,
1: Will Ferrell
0: Ferrell is just, it's, it's great. He so good at it. He does a really good. I mean, the thing is, is I like uh, Will Ferrell has a specific comedy flavor or style. He's very much like not, I don't know if dry is the right word. That's not really the right word, but like the convincing um idiot yeah i guess like so obnoxious he believes, but he thinks this you is believe
1: the he, he believes what he's saying yeah and it's what is coming out whether of his he's an anchorman or an elf you know right. or a race car driver he just right. he sells who he thinks he's right. supposed to be he's definitely a character actor through and through oh, so yeah. he just
0: does like the, the whole the whole sequence everything that you know, he was in new york everything is just it's just great um it is really kind of an adult Christmas story though. Like it feels like that. Like yep. I would watch this with my kids, but as an adult, you can enjoy this movie. Oh, it's for not sure. it's not necessarily geared
1: all the way towards kids. And that's that's another reason why I like this movie a lot. Well, it's kind of a love story, and you know, I love Zoe Deschanel. I love her. I think she's beautiful. Yes. She's in some roles, she's just so sweet, like in the new girl on right, that church. Right. Yeah. She was kind of sweet and you know, just always wanting to help everybody. And yet in this movie, she's so dry. And right. she, she's got a beautiful heart and everything, but she's so dry and sarcastic. She's, and she's, why are you talking to me?
0: She's a typical New Yorker, beat exactly. down by years yeah. of just neglect. Walkie, and like, Even yeah. when she's
1: excited, it's monotone. Mean, you know, yeah. and, and But, I, yeah,
0: so, I, yes, she, her character is terrific in this movie. And she's beautiful. She's yeah. She, I wanted to mention that again. She, he even talks about her. I don't think he does. He say you're pretty, or he says yeah, he says something. like. Or he says her.
1: She's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. And oh, she and she, that. her
0: voice is amazing. Right. I mean, she. I she think has got a gorgeous. She's voice. she's definitely a
1: you know a talented singer and actor actress. You see her um, singing in Yes Man. If you haven't oh. seen that, she's she's actually a lead singer of a band in that. So you can hear okay. her voice even more. She's okay. got a beautiful voice.
0: Um, but I love one of the things, and I'm just gonna kind of we can go back and forth with the different things. And oh yeah. Obviously, I've got some things, probably funny things that you thought of too. The synapses doesn't isn't that necessary. no. It, it, you've I mean, you probably
1: watched. it. He escapes from the North Pole to go live in the real world
0: basically. with his dad, and yeah, yeah shenanigans ensue. Um, but I love that he gets hit by a car, gets yeah. up and goes
1: sorry, sorry,
0: yeah. like like he did something wrong. So that made me think, and this is where my mind was trailing off. So. So Midwesterners were always called, you know, very polite. You know, you know, whole whole bodies, considerers, whatever. Canada, even more. You know, they were always saying sorry, always being considerate, trying to be nice. You just stabbed me in the forehead. I'm sorry that I got in your way. My bad. (laughs) So it begs the question, is, like, the North Pole, like, the nicest of nice people? Yeah, the further north you get. You go further north and you just get the better and nicer and more humble people, like, to the point where Santa Claus is literally giving out presents to the entire world because he's just that nice of a guy. But then New York wouldn't be so cold. Yeah, that's, that's, but I guess you got to go straight north from, like, Kansas up, you know, Texas up straight midwest. Uh, but anyways, that was a weird thing that I you know just thought of but oh, yeah but anyways, uh, go ahead and Nikki with something else that you, you uh, I did I
1: like Bob Newhart's his delivery. I mean, that uh, guy's just he's got his own way. I mean, no one can emulate what Bob Newhart does. so his narration, especially him, this mm-hmm. old guy, this dry guy who kind of yeah. s- s- stutters, but his delivery is so spot yes. on every time he doesn't crack a smile ever right. and he's wearing this little elf costume, right and he he doesn't look like the kind of guy who wants to be a dad, but he's the one who adopts. But right, right. I mean, it's it's just all that right off the bat. It's pretty crazy and funny. They, yeah, they I, I give these people a lot of credit to pull together these
0: movies because it's just like the It's not just one thing. It's like if there was just one thing that you know, okay, that'd be a good movie. But they really pull everything together really well. Um, another good example of that is I love, I absolutely love the manager elf. Buddy dynamic, it works so well. He walks up to him. He's like, "What are you doing here? You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be working." <laughs> and he's just like, "Like, oh well, this is Santa's workshop. No, it's not. But <laughs> and he it it, won't. No, it, it's won't Santa's it workshop. No, yes, it is. It, I've, it been that, I've been there. I've been there. And so that that works really well. Like I said, these he, just the comedy of it that is like real life situations <laughs> that we've been in." But they also have like a comedic, you know. It's like because real life is funny. Like you can't make up oh, some of truth this stuff. Is stranger like, than fiction. It's just man. so. It's so great that they capitalize on on these throw fall off four of these movies.
1: Well, they, they actually do. it leads to fist fights. I mean, yeah. it just shouldn't be that much of an <laughs> like, argument. You to- smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> it's like it's it's just terrific. It's, yeah, yeah, and he. I think a lot of that had to be Will Ferrell had living. Yes, because he does oh, yeah. that a lot.
0: Yes, he yeah. Um, Zoe Deschanel, like, like we mentioned before, great at her role, great at her humor. She plays this so, so great. Um, and I love this, the Christmas songs that are played. Like I said, this isn't an original score. They're not making any of these really for the movie, but they they play Christmas movies to get you in the mood. And it
1: just I love that that, that kind of – And all those songs are iconic, even if you're sick of them the rest of the year. You like hearing me at least a few hundred times at the beginning right.
0: of Christmas. <laughs> right, if you're already hearing them on the radio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, like I said, we'll, we'll kind of go back and
1: forth on this one, but what, what, anything else? Uh, just, uh, Will Ferrell is an amazing actor. Like you said, he's a, he's a, uh, character actor, right? but yeah. you know, just how much he's so good at being a kid because right. that's basically what he's emulating is a little, mm-hmm. as a kid. And then I, I just thought as I was watching it, if you've ever seen the movie stranger than fiction, it's a little more serious role. Mm. It's he's basically a character in a book. Mm. And he's living a life before the book has ended. And so the writer can, you know, have she has a dramatic impact on what's going to happen to him. It's a it's a strange movie, which is why I like it. It's, right. But he is so good, and it's a really good movie if you ever get to watch it.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and, and like we talked about, I mean, just the variety of roles and how he convinces you oh, that he's this person. So diverse. And for how weird he is in this movie, which makes the movie fun. I mean, let's be honest, the whole fish out of water thing is what makes this movie so funny.
1: But he's lovable.
0: But... Exactly, he is super nice. He's a
1: people person. He cares He's about cares everybody. Cares about people. He's Even his little to be brother nice. says that, and his little brother wants to hate him at first. He loves everybody, is what he says. At right? That point. Yeah, he says to his dad,
0: you know, this. It's just, it's just perfect Will Ferrell humor, but it's also just touches on
1: how great of a just a person he is, and it brings the Christmas spirit into you, too, just because he is so right. nice and sweet and thoughtful and everything, you know.
0: John Fav- Favreau, Favreau, Favreau. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's a director, he's and everything. he's the doctor. He does everything. <laughs> he's done a lot of things, and so I love that this is one of the movies that he he does because it definitely it, it it shows his range of oh, abilities. You know? from
1: Marvel to Star Wars to this. I mean, Mandal- he was the director of Mandalorian. He's, he's in Swingers. He's in. He was on Friends for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's been everywhere. Done he, everything. Definitely, definitely
0: going to want to deep dive into a podcast on him at one point. Just him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But one of the other dynamics that I'd like to touch on is that the fact that the dad and I think that this is hit home hits home for a lot of people, especially New York City big city business types or anybody that's in a demanding job, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, all of those you know really high demand jobs, he's addicted to his job and he probably put off having kids if you if I don't know like this is me just reading into it, but he him and his wife seem kind of older parents. And so you got to think, like, did he put that off? as – you know he's only got one kid, and did he put that off because he put his career in front of that? And well, maybe this kid was even an accident,
1: happy right. accident, but an accident, right?
0: And so you you kind of see that, and and obviously in the end he turns around. But I think that that's another very relatable thing that he's eating dinner in his his office. He's not really interacting. He's he just he's like, oh, I got something to do. I can't watch him. You know, all of these things kind of just just. Something that I thought was interesting, yeah. Um, and then also just James show- Khan as the
1: actor is pretty good too. Then, yeah, he's a pretty big name. Yeah,
0: he he does a good job portraying that that character as well, like convincing you that he's more concerned with his job than his family at points. Um, but yeah, so many memes have come from this movie. Like I said, um, also a fun fact: Buddy's family. I think you're going to enjoy this, Mickey. Buddy's family lives in the same building as Dana Barrett from the Ghostbusters. That really? building the 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 filming of it and everything. Yeah. Okay. No it's in New York City.
1: It really is a building that's used then or it's just used for I, it might, I movie, don't know. Sets yeah,
0: movie sets. Yeah, movie sets. I don't know if it obviously I don't know if it's the same apartment, but it's the same building apparently. No kidding. Um if you paid I guess if you paid attention to some of those details, but you got to remember also 2003 this movie came out right after 9/11. It well relatively soon after 9-11 mm-hmm. this was really something that kind of like it New York City as a whole kind of needed this, this kind of boost and like like kind of get them out of that rut I think is what some people and obviously I was too young at this point to like understand that but sure. I think that was that was part of it that kind of you know played into it like we said Buddy embodies Christmas he looks at the world through kids eyes like you said it, it's really he he is a kid at heart and and that's really. For a lot of people, I think what Christmas is about, you know, looking at the world as a kid, not overcomplicating things with your job and stress and everything else that goes along with the holidays. And sucking just the life out
1: of it, actually appreciating the good and everything.
0: Right. It's just yeah. see, being so excited over the simplest things. And that's and that's really what, what he did. Um, one Another line that I love in this movie is when he's, he's uh, ice skating in front of the Rockefeller Center in the front of the big tree. And he kisses her on the cheek and she goes, You missed. I don't know. It's something that I yeah. thought was kind of cute. And I liked I like that that Zoe's H and L, you know, that interaction works so well. Well, and uh, of course, like I said, I mean, this cast is great. Peter Dinklage is in this movie as the North po- or South Pole elf, or whatever he oh, calls yeah. him, you know. Yeah. So he's in this movie. And I love that Santa at the end of the movie approaches him in, in central park i love that santa's like ready to defend himself with a crowbar he's yeah. like hey what are you doing it's like like geez, like santa's packing heat like you know, he's probably he, been mugged a couple times new like york you know, even does that to like, say well yeah he's like i know where i'm at. you know I, i'm in new york um uh and then uh, obviously, you know, baby it's cold outside, that whole everything that went along with oh, that. Oh, that, that's
1: the first. Thing I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that was in this movie, but yeah. I bet you
0: people are getting offended by it as they watch it. It's funny. It's funny, but uh with that with that song, baby it's cold outside. Uh there was a big to do with it last year and it actually got paid like 300% more than it has in the past oh, year sure. because of people were talking about it. And I think that the, a lot of I think it wasn't a a lot of people that were Complaining about it. Because honestly, I think a lot of people were like, I love that, mo- that song. It takes a one great person song. to be
1: offended you know, for everybody to start talking about there it.
0: There was probably a decent number of people who were talking about it and were offended by it. But something that you got to understand about this song. And I, this is just from a Facebook post or something. So if I'm wrong about this, I'm sorry. But
1: the I'm time frame. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't even. Well, what did oh, I, I say? Got, i got to wait till you say it first. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> the time frame of this song, from my understanding is a time when, you know, people weren't living together before they got married. You weren't supposed to be having sex before you got married. Um, To to be doing, you know, extracurricular activities with somebody who you weren't married to or you weren't married, you know, or weren't living with, whatever, it was frowned upon. So what this song actually was, was not for face value what it was portrayed as. The woman wanted to spend the night... With him, she had to make it look like she was putting up a fight because
1: women do that a
0: lot. Well, well because the society of the time would have called her nasty names. Well, and I, I mean, like if you say, she wouldn't have put up a fight, like I, I should
1: really go, what of my you know, all the lines that she gives during that song. Well, any like, movie, any TV show, the woman's always like, I mean, it could be her idea, and she's still. Well, maybe we should It's awfully early. We just met. I really like you, but you know. Whatever your friend's going to say. You know, uh, whereas guys right. are like, no, let's do it now. I mean, I yeah. think we should wait to. Oh, you want to do it? Okay, let's go. Yeah. It. It's cold outside. You should stay here. It's, at, it's hot outside. Another drink? Yeah. There's <laughs> an outside. Let's go do it. <laughs> outside is not inside. But, Ooh, but yeah. To worry. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that all being said, that 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 scene, that song, that, that was a great part of, like I said, uh, it really added to the classiness of this movie. And, oh yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's elf.
1: Now we go to
0: another really big hitter. In one of my favorite of movies of all time, Christmas, whether movies. it's
1: uh, a seasonal piece or not, it's one of my favorite movies.
0: I think, I think all, the national lampoons, Vegas vacation, vac- vacation, you know, all of those really, you know, they're all just a great lineup of funny, you know, movies that Chevy chase does a good job at. Yeah. Um, December 1989, and I don't believe this movie – I think this is another one that didn't really take off right away. It was kind of, you know, as people – as it went on, people were, you know
1: – Even with vic- the other
0: vaca- – because I think uh,
1: – Maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Vacation maybe it was came one. out first on European, then I think this one. Okay. So maybe, they, maybe they just – because they weren't going anywhere, you know, the previews and stuff. I don't. I um, have no idea.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of of a Christmas story or something. I might have been. I might. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. A different one, but it would just surprise me because this franchise is kind of established. That that is true. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'm I'm got those lines crossed. But uh, some of the things that I picked up on, I love that animation before. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It kind
1: of adds adds to it. It kind of very well done. Very funny, entertaining. Right.
0: It kind of it it just is something that's. They didn't have to do that. It's like, like a movie all on
1: its own, for right? A few it's, minutes. it's a little
0: like you know the Pixar shorts between before, before, like you know certain movies. Like yeah. that, I think. Um, and I just again, and we're we're hitting on this because all of these movies, Elf, Christmas Story, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all Home of and on, on Home Alone, all of them are about families yep. and about. The holiday families during the holidays. And I think that's why these types of movies are so successful. Don't get me wrong. Die Hard has a huge following. Oh yeah. It's just a different movie. Though. But there's you even know? family references in that, technically. Right, I mean, exactly. And so I
1: love that it's it's an all-American Midwestern family from Chicago again, from Chicago. And Clark Gridwell is like most dads. I even wrote it down yes, like that. Yes. Especially with dealing with others, he gets a little frustrated and then just <laughs> driving and how he reacts to that that guy just cut us off and he gets so upset my dad would do the exact same thing and then even when, when he goes with the chainsaw and I know we're I'm jumping forward but yeah. he, the quote is I didn't go berserk I simply solved the problem we needed a coffin <laughs> he laughs I'm sorry, a tree, right? And I replaced it as best I could. And anybody who's been in those types of situations,
0: you're there are screws that are rolling around a little loose. So you're just you're trying to be funny, but you're also like losing your mind at the exact <laughs> need same time. I mean a
1: coffin. I mean a tree, and I they solved a problem. But it's funny you say that because Michaela even said, <laughs> dur- and I don't. This
0: isn't. I don't know if this is a, my wife said something during the scene. I don't know if this is a good thing or not. But she said during the road rage scene this is you (laughs) most of them I
1: think especially dads and then
0: then of course the I love the sarcastic prayer that is what that was that's my mom then if if if, oh my mom too oh lord please help this idiot that I married you know my mom wouldn't say that oh my mom would (laughs) okay but but she would she would definitely be saying the lord's prayer in the car seat as you're
1: driving underneath completely like I hope he doesn't kill us all (laughs) right amen please please
0: god keep us safe um (laughs) But but yeah, I, I, I don't know. And those types of things, I just I miss the inside jokes as a kid. Really, oh, as just re-watch.
1: subtle. I mean, who's funnier when they're pissed off than than Chevy Chase? He is so good at being pissed off, especially in these movies. You know, right? And 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 he's he's like he's like we said,
0: just a classic American dad. He's he's trying to do good by his family. He's trying to need get a his coffin.
1: Bonus. I mean, a tree. <laughs> but, Makes me laugh every time.
0: Um, something else I noticed that they they had, and it's kind of cool. That that this is all kind of connected, so, so to speak, but It's a Wonderful Life was playing at the hotel in Paris for Home Alone. It's a Wonderful Life is playing yep. in this movie while they're at home. The it's background. it's an It's a Wonderful Life on TV. It's like an inception thing going on here. If
1: you want it to be a true Christmas
0: right. movie, you have to have that on in the background. I, amen. I will drink to that. <laughs> like, absolutely. Abso- absolutely. Um and it's uh, it's just kind of interesting to see also this this interaction between this uppity couple that doesn't have any kids and how they spend their money and what they're doing because it's like they're almost polar opposites. Like if oh. you're seeing like the wife swap TV yeah, show, unfortunately, like yeah. these these two would be a perfect candidate. Oh for, yeah, can you imagine? You know, her living in his house. And,
1: you know, him living in or whatever, you know, but that that would just be. Well, there's even one line and that's Julie Louise Dreyfus, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me just go. Juliette Lewis is the daughter. Johnny Galecki is the son, which is weird because this movie, the daughter's older than the son and the other movies, the son was older than the daughter. That's national influence for you. And I I I don't want to cut you off
0: here for a second, but I guess eventually they just said like, screw it, we're not even going to try to cast uh, the same that's people. That's funny. That's like what's they, funny about it. Different ages, opposite ages and everything. He even says in Vegas Vacation, he's like, you guys are growing up so fast, I don't even recognize you anymore. That's
1: hilarious. That's <laughs> subtle humor. I love that. Yeah. But then you got like Doris Roberts. You got Brian Doyle Murray, which is Bill Murray's brother. Mm. Pretty, yeah. I didn't realize that. And he's been yeah. in a lot of stuff, especially with Bill Murray, but he's got the same kind of humor. He's always the boss. He was in Caddyshack. I mean, he's oh, been yeah. in... Yeah. iconic movies, and he's a lot of times the same role. And then you got Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid. I mean, you got some amazing actors. But the scene I was talking about is when he's cutting down that tree after he decides that – or this is before he – we needed a coffin. He cuts down this tree, and they're, at, they're across the street, these pretentious – or, you know, know across the yard. Us, yeah. and, like, where are you going to put that? And Chevy Chase or Clark Griswold says, bend over and I'll show you. And the guy says – I can't believe you're talking to me that way. And he goes, "I wasn't talking to you." Yeah. So that would be a wife swap right there. <laughs> right, right, it, and that's what I love that he's not just like doesn't just
0: take it and like lay down and no. go, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you? He's you know, not gonna. It's put just up like it. oh, screw you. I I don't like you. Um, but yeah, I I, I some other little things that I kind of saw throughout the movie is um, it's interesting. I always thought. When the so the so the grandpa- I think the grandparents are there And they're kind of just relaxed Everybody's kind of snoring, sleeping in the middle of the day But I always thought that was the Macy's Day Parade But it couldn't have been the Macy's Day Parade Because this was around Christmas time Not Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving time yeah. So this must be some kind of special Chicago Christmas parade Or something It's a big city,
1: not, they probably have something on
0: TV Not that it really matters to the plot of the story or anything But just something Like in my mind as a kid growing up watching that I was like, oh they're watching the Like you just think holidays parade on tv macy's day parade yeah you know but it's the most iconic
1: parade there is i mean
0: you, it obviously that that wasn't that wasn't the case no. um <laughs> like i said before um certain inside jokes and some dirty things that i didn't realize when i first watched it or they cut out or whatever as i know they definitely dub over the swearing in yeah. the tv version oh sure um that's why i have the dvd the grandpa reading a nudie mag next to his wife in bed. I mean, that was pretty risque. It was like, oh, okay. And then, I don't know if you noticed it, but, like, the the, the other set of grandparents were staying in the kids' room in their bunk beds. Yeah. And there's a just a random poster of two tur- turtles humping in the background. <laughs> yeah. They actually They actually pan to it and actually right. kind
1: of emphasize it even And and, and
0: not only that, but then you look at the ceiling and then there's... Another girl, yeah, like just hanging right above
1: where he's he's just sitting there staring at it with his jaw down. And Audrey's character says, I can't even imagine what he does by himself when he's sleeping. Watch this with me, me laying next to him. Yeah, I guess
0: that is his, his, her brother's room. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, just, just all these, all these, there's non stop, there's subtle humor, there's obvious humor. I mean, one of my favorite parts is when that squirrel jumps out of the tree. Yeah. And, you know, Clark's shoving everybody out of the way so he can be the first to run away from it. Turns out it's on his back. Right. And then, you know, his mom is on the ground and he's like, Mom, stay there. And she's like, <laughs> plays Dad. It's hilarious. I mean, um, and we can't talk
0: about a Christmas story without talking about arguably the second most funny character of this entire movie. And that is...
1: Eddie. Unc- uncle eddie uncle
0: eddie uncle eddie you know he's he's talking about you know I'll just, i just we're not even going to go into everything that he does but one of my favorite lines that he has is when he's talking to the kids and you know if you're a parent or you're around kids you you definitely know how to do this and you've done it before or been a part of it oh you know somebody an airliner jet uh, saw santa you know
1: flying you serious Who's Clark you know it's just like
0: those like you said those type
1: of subtle and he just
0: looks at him like come
1: on dude." or Greg. even when Chip when Clark is trying to get him can I refill you or you know top you off drive you out in the middle of nowhere leave you for dead Right. or, or when he first shows up and they're looking at the lights and you know everybody's impressed and huh, I hope this adds to your holiday spirit Eddie Eddie right it's like surprise it's like I couldn't wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the
0: funniest lines. The ever. writing, what we're trying, what we're trying to say as we recite the entire movie. Oh here my god! the, some, the writing no, was amazing? It's
1: nonstop this. laughter and it's subtle and it's some of it's in your face, but it's so there's sarcasm. It's got everything. There's even explosions. Well, I mean,
0: and that's and that's one of the things that I noticed too is as everything's going on <laughs> and the lights go out. Rusty just instinctively grabs a flashlight and goes to the circuit. Like that here before. Ben happened, yeah. It, it,
1: like it's pretty much, you could do it in his sleep. Um, one other thing I want to mention is that early in the movie, when, uh, when the grandparents all show up, I never noticed this before. And I've watched this movie a lot. It makes me laugh every time. Some of these lines, as I'm trying to say them right now, I'm laughing like an idiot. And this is the point of the podcast where we're going to take a commercial break so that everybody <laughs> so can we get to laugh ourselves now. and I can change my, you know, pants from having wet them. But don't picture that please the doorbell when they're for the first time it's you know like a normal doorbell the second time it's a little slower and yeah. more <laughs> ominous the third time it's oh no that means they're <laughs> oh, here fuck. dark exactly dark and ominous and i never noticed that but each time they ring it it gets slower and darker and oh no, the hell is going to begin now. And that
0: just and that just goes to show like relatives that are always complaining. We have those those people in our lives nonstop. they are just like, it's never good enough. Like this kid, this guy bends over back, but he just wants to have Christmas with his family, he invites all the relatives over, he wants he wants to put on a good meal, he wants to do all these things, and like Perfect. you just feel bad for the guy because he's he's running at a hundred miles an hour and he's getting no love. I mean, like his wife you could tell his wife appreciated Rusty, you know, or, yeah. or what is he doesn't call her Rusty? What does he call She's got a nickname for her. Oh, it. no, Rusty's the kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sparky, He's, Sparky, yeah. Sparky yeah, yeah. That he, you know, she you could tell that they obviously another movie like we've talked about in the past where it's clearly a husband and wife that
1: love each other, but she's still. Has to deal with all his crap. Oh, and, and he's gonna know. go lose his mind at some point. But even the subtle humor of the doorbell getting slower—that's that's hilarious. Right. That it's so subtle. You might—I I never noticed the first thirty times I watched the movie. You know. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um. So I want to bring up something that's kind of interesting too. Is so we get through the most of the movie and his boss gets kidnapped
1: and oh. So apparently in Chicago. Just wait, so, wait, wait. First, that's another one of my favorite scenes. Sorry to cut you off. When he Red goes behind. off about the boss, yes, yes. and then sending Eddie off on his, you know, to get his gift. But oh my God, he, he, he might mu- memorize that. Holy cow! I want to get this on like a, a bumper sticker or something. I, I think T T-shirt.
0: I, the whole thing, but definitely this one line at the end. Holy shit! Where's the tile? <laughs> like I just want that as a bumper, or like a TV, or like a like like the the Moose mug, and then that quote below it. Sorry, <laughs> swear words again. Um, Spit. Holy, holy spit. Yeah, because I think they, they, like I said, doubled over them. But TV version. So for those of you keeping score at home, apparently if you live in Chicago and you're a little kid that got left home alone, you get the, you know, the rookie that says, tell them to count their kids again. But if you're a big owner of a giant corporation – and your wife calls, they send Swat the freaking SWAT team to knock out windows and set up sniper positions from the Without door with, or anything. with the house next door bust in. So apparently that's how the Chicago PD works in, in that area of the country. Um, but yeah, I guess one of the other things that I never... I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. This is confessional time because I've seen this movie a lot as well. One of the things that I oh god I never realized and, and michaela even was like really he didn't know it um so you know how he in lieu of a bonus he gets the jelly of the month club it's the gift that keeps on giving all year round Clark so I definitely did not take that for whatever reason my mind like like with the, you rewatch movies and especially movies you've seen as a little kid but for whatever reason my mind had me convinced that that wasn't like Jelly like you spread on a, you know, toast. Like, for whatever reason, I thought it was Jelly Donut of the Month Club. I don't well, know why. That wouldn't be so bad. I, well, that's what I'm I like. So, a Jelly Donut of the Month. And I, 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 then after listening to it, I'm, I, like, I even paused it and I looked at my wife and I'm like, oh, my God. They mean like jelly, jelly, not My like jelly. Just do- jelly like I just man. thought, of, I don't know. That's weird. No but yeah, I just That's always, a good idea. I was idea. Always thinking a donut of the month. Like I uh, like that know, idea as long donut. as I get it every day. Wine of the month or whatever. But yeah. So that, that yeah, I don't know. For whatever that's well, Oh, she didn't divorce you, so I guess yeah. you're not too stupid. For not, that, yeah. You know, not not, that. not for that, at least. I, I <laughs> be stupid in other ways. Um, so. I guess that's kind of what I've got for National Lampoon. Anything else you wanted to add?
1: There's to just it? one thing that I, I had never, like I said, this is one of my top five at least favorite movies of all time, no matter what the season is. I found this out as I was watching it. There's, this is the only vacation movie. There's four of them in the, in this series. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. A vaca- National Lampoon's Vacation, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, and Vegas Vacation. This was the only movie that actually had a sequel. Hmm. I had no idea. It's called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2: Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure oh. from 2003. Yep. You know how I've Rotten Tomatoes this. is like on a hundred percent scale. Yeah. This got a whopping 11. That's how good it must be. Oh. I've never even heard oh. of it, and I love the first one. I will not watch this because I do not want to ruin no. the first one
0: for myself. Apparently, they ran with that whole pool scene. And that's yeah. what the movies... So, I don't know how you can make a whole movie out of
1: just that, but... And like, Eddie's a good character, but he's a supporting character. Right. You can't base a movie on there, that yet.
0: There's definitely... And, and, and when you watch movies and you pay attention as much as we do, there's definitely characters that... It's, it's, it's like a closing picture. Like, that is your role. Yep. and You're very good at that. Your support, though. Don't try to be something that you're, you're not. You're not a starter. That's not a hit on you or whatever. Like, it's just this is your role and you need to, you know, as a director, as a producer, somebody should, you know, recognize that.
1: And it might be an iconic as a result of this being a supporting, that character might be iconic, you know, right. but yeah, I, I don't even want to know if the movie's any good or not. Cause I might assume it's horrible. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to pretty much just,
0: you know, assume exactly that this is not, yeah. I, I mean, 11% that's, whew,
1: okay. I, I don't
0: even know. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty on a test bad. you
1: can spell your name right and get a higher score than that <laughs> right um, all right so
0: let's see here that's that's pretty much all I've got I've got we do have a uh, 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 one kind of fan mail ish that I wanted to discuss but before that uh, while I'm looking up that uh, um, that email, do you... Just any uh, corrections from the last episode? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's go over those right now. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's nothing major, and nobody else is probably listening close enough to even notice, but I'm, I'm anal that way. Um, First of all, I think I said, one of us said Obi-Wan refers to um Anakin as son. I think he always says it as brother. Anakin right. refers to, he said you're like a father finger to me, but Obi-Wan... Always said, referred to him as a little brother, you know, or a younger brother. Um, right. Also, we were going back and forth about a word. It's actually reciprocity as you said. That's how you pronounced it. So oh, I want to make sure. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. You said it right. I acted like I couldn't speak English at all. Like, you know, I've done before. <laughs> and then finally, I referred to Darth Vader's march as it, some people refer to it, as the death march. It's actually called the Imperial March. The so. Imperial. OK. Yeah. OK. How um, people can sleep. I just want to make sure we're not preventing people from from having sleep. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and, and some of those things, like I said, we're we're just trying to, you know,
1: talk as fast as we can. So talk as fast four hours.
0: Try to get, you know, as much as we can and and in and, and as you know, cover as much as we wanted to, you know, as far as the um the highlights of the movies and, and getting through like any unique thoughts that we we had or anything. Um so a coworker actually Emailed us, and this is has to do with Star Wars, surprise, surprise. Cool Go figure. But uh, it more specifically has to do with Disney Plus, and kind of along the lines of corrections or kind of revisiting some of the things that we talked about before. Um, we talked about how that scene in the cantina scene with the shooting, uh, the the Han Solo shot, and uh, so Greedo and Han Solo. Greedo and Han Solo, which by the way, in the new um, in the new Funko Hollywood, you can actually sit where Han sat across from a life-size pop version of Greedo okay. at the Katina or whatever. That's awesome. Um, so I'll, I'm just going to read this email kind of in full. So the subject is Han, and this is from Paul, one of our, one of our co-workers. He's a
1: bigger – he's as big as Star Wars
0: geek he's as we very far. He's very knowledgeable in Star Wars. Um, Han, and then that was the subject line, shot first, dang it. Maybe a point of discussion. So if you know your Star Wars A New Hope history, specifically the Tatooine cantina scene – or Greedo confronts him, then you know that the original theatrical release Han puts the trigger first and shoots poor Greedo at the table. Mr. Lucas apparently thought that that made Han seem like an out and out evil guy, which was obviously not his intent. So he edited the scene for the special editions re-release of the trilogy in 97 about to make it appear that Greedo shot first and Han was simply defending himself. Well, that edit brought up a lot of discussion in the Star Wars fan base because, after all, Greedo was a professional bounty hunter, albeit not a very capable one according to Greedo lore that's out there. He hunts, captures, kills his quarry for a living. So how on earth could even a marginal, at best, bounty hunter miss with a bl- blaster at point-blank range? So another edit was done. This time, the film was a tweak to make it appear like Han dodged. They shifted the image over a smudge, but mostly his head on the frame you mentioned that specifically in our mickey and this is i'm not yeah end quote but yeah you mentioned that specifically like
1: i had never even really paid that much attention to it but yep yeah i remember talking about that
0: and so his blaster bolt misses and of course he does nothing to replace the hordes of people that say han shot first (laughs) including himself Mm -hmm. now disney plus is out and they have a newer version this is crazy, guys. They've they've redone this scene how many times? Three or four times. It's further least. edited, which puts bit disbelief even further back in the scene. After Han's final comment of, yeah, I'll bet you have, I, I'll bet you have, Greedo previously had died without a word in a hail of blaster fire and snow. Not anymore. Now Greedo utters another word. They haven't figured out what that word is yet exactly, but it sounds a lot like McCulley? McCulkey? McCully, Culkin. Oh, he's talking about Home Alone. That's cool. The assumption is that something similar to how someone might say die right before shooting another. If that's the case, it makes it even more preposterous that Han didn't shoot first and defend himself. So let's review the evidence. Greedo's a bounty hunter, literally just said, I'll take Han dead or alive, in dead rather than alive, and that his blaster is pointed at Han above the table in clear sight. At point building range, Han, a lifelong smuggler and thief, with a click-draw blaster and a holster on his hip, his hand on the grip, hidden from Greedo's sight under the table, and not wanting to die, knowing full well Greedo intends to shoot him. Greedo, now, proclaims something in his native tongue that Han clearly would understand, probably as a prelude to actually pulling the trigger. At what point is this still believable, then, that Han would not shoot first in this new instant.
1: Well, I mean, when Han, Han shot first, sorry, I had to finish. The no, and I, I mean, thank you, Paul. We appreciate your insight. Your yeah. I mean, yeah. that was de- definitely a deep dive into and something yeah, that we, he writes a blog about even the software we use at work. So he's real good at, at you know,
0: explaining things. I mean, it, 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 I, I even replied, I'm like, holy crap, that's yeah. a lot to unpack.
1: And I, I mean, the thing is Han's response, I bet you have. It is a perfect implication I've been waiting for this for a long time. I've been I've been wanting to kill you. And I'm going to... So Han, assuming that, oh, I'm going to get shot. Well, I don't have time for that. I better shoot first or right. I'm dead. So right. whether he's shot first or not, I don't know that he calls him a bad guy, but he's yeah. I'm about to die. And know? I
0: don't think that him shooting first at all makes him look in a bad way. No, he's
1: just, just to protect you know, himself protecting from himself from death. Right. So, but either way,
0: for any of you that and, and like that was a pretty long email to read, but I wanted to get it out there just because it was something interesting. Paul likes Star- to talk as much as we do. For anybody who's a Star Wars fan, that is a very interesting little you know tidbit of information, if you will. Um, but yeah, that's that's all that I think we've got for today for the episode. Uh, like I said, really had fun rewatching these, movies, these and, movies and talking about these movies. Uh, so we do have two more coming, and in the meantime, there will also be uh, some more Star Wars episodes that we're going to be coming out. Just to cover, uh, the next one's going to cover 7 and 8, and then the last one is, or last one for, last Star Wars one for this year, we'll
1: cover uh, 9. So uh, this is all before the calendar year.
0: Right, and that's the other point is what I, we were talking about is we cut out so many things and we were trying to include so much that uh, we had to split it up into three Christmas episodes, and even then we were we we're not covering all the movies. And so that leaves us, if, if we're lucky enough, I mean, because this is episode, at least this is episode 9. Next episode's ten episodes. If we're lucky enough to still be doing this podcast in a year, we will absolutely be covering other Christmas movies next
1: year. Probably three episodes of Christmas next year, right? It, it, with movies yeah. that are older than you know, a lot of people we know, right? Right, And then, which I, you know, I was going to say myself, and oh, that's unfortunately not. <laughs> well, but, but
0: but this goes to prove that I mean, Christmas obviously has been a really big part of culture, for, and if we're being honest, pop culture for a long time. So that lends itself to, okay, well, yeah, it makes sense. There's tons of movies, you know, going back since there was movies, you know, to, to draw from exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that's all I've got for, for this episode for the day. Mickey, you got anything else that you wanted
1: to, uh, just speaking about what I just said. Yeah. Getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Thanks guys. What's going
0: on?